Welcome to the Writer's Block Party Podcast with your hosts Meredith Bond and Prue Warren, where they discuss every aspect of a writer's life, from the craft of writing and editing, through publishing and marketing, and finally into building a global publishing empire. Here is Mary and Prue. Hello and welcome to the Writer's Block Party Podcast. I am Meredith Bond here with my co-host. I'm Prue Warren. And today, Prue, we are talking about genre, which is going to be a really interesting conversation. And I can't wait to hear all of your thoughts and questions about it. But before we get into that... I did want to just talk about my Discord server for a moment. Yes, let's talk about that. Okay, so for those of you who... This is new to me. When you set this up, I was was a little old lady. I was unaware that such a thing was possible. So go ahead. Well, you're not the only one. If I didn't have a daughter in her early 20s, I would have probably hardly ever heard of it. I mean, I heard of a couple of other people each starting a Discord server. The thing is, with Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Pinterest, all these forms of social media where we get online and we talk to other people, But we don't know whether our posts are being seen because we have no control over who sees them or when or if, right? So this is a whole conversation for another time. Um, I I have a blog post about it this weekend if you want to head over to my blog on Sunday morning. At MeredithBond.com or MaryBond.com? MeredithBond. MeredithBond.com. Yes. So Discord is another form of social media, but it's a private one. So I have created this Discord server, so it's called, um, where I have a bunch of pages where people can get together to talk about writing, to talk about publishing, to sprint and write together, um, and to tell us about what they're writing. So if you are interested, dear listener, and I know Glory is already there. (laughs) I was sprinting with her yesterday. Excellent. So she got involved. That's so good. I know. It was so wonderful to talk with her in almost person. (laughs) And to write with her. The thing about a podcast is I feel like we're having a conversation with anybody who's listening. They just can't talk back. Right. on the Discord server, they can talk back. It can be exactly. a two-way. Exactly. Exactly. That's pretty good. Okay, so if someone wants to join us on the Discord server, how yes. do they do that? They have to email me or go to my website or to your website, prewarren.com, message us, and we will give them the link. It's that easy. You create an account, which is free. And then you join in and I am there every morning from 6 a.m. Eastern time through lunch. And I am there writing and I will happily chat with anybody or answer any questions or whatever you want. 
I'm there. Interestingly enough, that's just about noon is about when I start waking up. So we might have good coverage. <laughs> yes. So then you can take over from noon. There you go. Until six the next morning. No problem. Got it. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about genre. Yes. There are many categories. There are many genres of literature. But because you and I both write romance, let's talk about the genres of romance fiction. Okay. And there are so many different, like you can say there's um, paranormal, paranormal romance or what they're calling now speculative romance. Yes. But you can also say there are vampire romances, there are werewolf romances, there are zombie. Well, they, they all fall under speculative. Okay. So is, do you believe there's one set number of genres? No. Now you're looking kind of wide-eyed, like, what are they? Okay. So there's speculative. There's historic. Yes. Mm -hmm. There's contemporary. Mm -hmm. There's, like, what, where would you place, like, a cowboy romance? Oh, the, oh there's... there's there are. So you think Western is its own, Western is a genre of its own. It's not an historic number. Yeah. See, it could be. See, see this is where and things get confusing. There's suspense. Suspense. There's a mystery, romantic mystery. mysteries. Well, wouldn't you think mystery and suspense are the same thing? Uh, no, mystery is where somebody else is in peril. Suspense is where you or the the heroine the pov character is in peril how are you so smart you are so <laughs> smart that was like you had an actual answer that was really good <laughs> just, okay there are faith-based there are faith-based romances i've read some amish romances yes there's there erotica ah, erotica that should be written down right next to faith-based yes <laughs> so up to one two three four five six seven eight genres Rom-com is not its own genre. It would be actually temporary because yeah. when people say, right? So yeah. it's like when you say like Western, like there's historic Western and there's contemporary Western. Right. But how come Western gets its own? <laughs> well, you don't have to give it its own genre. I'm not going to give it its own genre. So I'm going to say speculative, historic, I'm counting, contemporary, suspense mystery, faith-based, erotica. So we've got seven genres listed that are generally speaking cover the gamut, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and then we can blend them. Yeah, we can blend them. Thank goodness. Thank goodness we can blend them. But if you're talking about genre expectations, what do people expect when they buy your book? The first thing you have to start with is the cover. Mm -hmm. What does the cover tell someone? Since, since no book says genre, contemporary, genre, historic. Uh, your cover has to tell people what your genre is. Absolutely. Even though and all this time working on making the words right, nobody even gets to the words if the cover's no good. I can't disagree with you. You are completely right. Okay. And every genre has its own typical cover although sometimes you do find different covers which is always interesting well i think it's interesting but does it also make it harder for someone to find you 
Uh, no, because they, you do have to have certain elements on the cover that will scream out what the genre is. Okay, so that's okay. So there's two points. There's the general cover. There's the the hit you overhead with a bat. You walk up and see the cover and go, I know that that's a Regency, right? Mm -hmm. And there's the details in the cover. So there are really two aspects of cover. I'm just, I'm just counting aspects. I don't mean to confuse you. No, that's okay. So there's general and there's detail. Okay. And then the next thing the person does, if they're in a, in a brick and mortar bookstore is pick it up and Turn read it over the, and read right? the back. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What about title? Titles? Do you have title expectations for your genre? No, because titles can be almost anything. Titles can be almost anything, but like if you're if you're writing a cowboy, doesn't it say the rancher and me or the cowboy and the lady or there are some genres that kind of yeah okay all right yeah I'm, I'm, but it it could be you know cowhand or it could be Luke could be the title of your cowboy novel. True, that's true. And Luke could also be the title of your faith-based novel. And Luke could be the title of your erotica novel. Okay. Exactly. So title, title does not necessarily convey a genre expectation. Right. But then you have the back cover. You have mm -hmm. the blurb. Mm -hmm. Have we done a podcast on the subject of writing blurbs, of writing back covers? Because if no, we have, and we really need to. Uh, yep. Yep. Because I find that very challenging. Everybody does. Yeah. I hardly know any writers who don't. <laughs> <laughs> Good. All right. So we, we have also... no problems writing 80,000 words, but tell us to summarize that into a hundred. Forget it. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. But I'm missing all the detail. Um, okay. So um, that's the physical aspect of the book that someone can pick up. Right. But so, then with yeah, go ahead. In genres, there are expectations as well. Yes. Yes. For example, a faith-based book is not going to have open-door sex, and an erotica right. book will never close the door. Right. Um, I would go, you know, uh, a mystery has to have a dead body, but a suspense doesn't. It just needs to have somebody, the, the POV character, in peril. Okay, suspense um, peril. And mystery is someone else in peril. Yeah. Um, with science fiction, we forgot science fiction, but I suppose that could fall under speculative. Um, Sci-fi is different because, because of the sci. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, I feel like absolutely. Right. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. so there, there's number eight for you. Thank you. Do you put, where would you put, I mean, a lot of times I see fantasy grouped in with science fiction, but I think it should be in speculative. Yes. Where would you put fantasy? Fantasy is speculative. Okay. That's all. Speculative, including fantasy. I'm making a useless list here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, you know, so. you can't have a science fiction novel without science. Without fantastic inventions that don't exist. Without yes. probably some aliens or space travel. If you try and have a science fiction novel without any of these things, then it's not a science fiction novel. So you have, 
there are expectations for each genre. So that's interesting because I now I'm going to I'm going to go back to the absolute basic beginning, and you'll laugh at me for being so basic. The expectation for the genre of romance, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the whole overarching thing is there has to be a happily ever after. That defines a romance, or right? a romance. happily for now, or, or or happily for now. But like Gone with the Wind is not a romance. Romeo and Juliet is not a romance. So. Mm-hmm. Even though it seems like they should be, they're not. So there are expectations for each genre that maybe I haven't thought about. I mean, I've read all of these, I've read all of these categories, but I never thought out loud about what is necessary. So do you mind if we run down the eight of them and just make sure I got the Go right ahead. thing? So sci-fi, which yeah. is now at the top of my list because I had written other stuff below that. Sci-fi, it has to be happily ever after or happy for now with science in some aspect. You right. expect usually aliens. Aliens or futuristic or uh, something something not of this world, but not absolutely outside the bounds of possibility. Right. Someday. Right. Where would warm- you right? Where would you put post-apocalyptic? Would you put it under sci-fi? Or speculative? <laughs> that's such a good question. Are you an optimist or a pessimist? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question, Meredith. I think I would put it under speculative because it doesn't deal as much with technology. It deals with the lack of technology. What do you think? Mm. Yeah. Although they tend to also have some sort of other technology, right? Because it they got to the apocalypse somehow. Yeah, but then it gets wiped out, theoretically. I mean, the post-apocalyptic, we're right. dealing a uh, hellscape of nothing is working. Right, that's true. Okay, right, right. so, yeah. Okay, but I think that's, that's an interesting, that's, you know, like on our Discord server, there's a question to pose. Is a post-apocalyptic novel should that go into sci-fi or speculative? I know that there are three other people in the world who would find that an interesting question besides you and me. May they join us on Discord to have that conversation. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, you know what? We forgot another genre. See, here we LGBTQ. go. LGBTQ. Can't you put that in contemporary or history? Gay romance. I mean, does it have to have its own? It's like, okay, okay. Wait, wait, No, wait, it's wait, just wait. a genre. You're right. You're right. It's some genre because of these genres because I'm thinking like there's a very big um, African American writing community, and their books are grouped into here are black books, but they shouldn't be. They should all be either contemporary or historic or speculative or whatever they are, and then you could yeah. have a subcategory if that's what you're interested in. Yeah, you are right. I I I absolutely agree. But but we don't want to be unfair to people. Well, because then if you have LGBTQ, then you also need a polyamory department and you need, I don't know. I don't know. I just think everything goes in contemporary or historic, depending. Okay. Okay. Yes. I will go along with that. Yes. Here's another question. Okay. Should LGBTQ. Hang hang on. Hang on. I'm writing it down. Should LGBTQ be considered its own subgenre? Be considered its own genre. Right. 
I'm putting these down. I'm going to put them in the in the Discord server. Excellent. So own genre as opposed to subgenre. Love it. Love it. Okay. Speculative has to be the broadest genre of all because it it covers it covers everything. It covers fantasy. Mm-hmm. It covers werewolves. It covers I don't know post apocalyptic. If you believe me. <laughs> <laughs> It covers magic and witches and ghosts. Witches and ghosts, exactly. Can you define a requirement for the genre if the genre is speculative, if it's that big? Supernatural. Um, Yes. It has to be something supernatural. It has to be something beyond the scope of ordinary human life. Yeah. Okay. As we perceive it today, who knows what's going to turn up. <laughs> okay. All right. Now I'm thinking that I've read a lot of Regency romances. Everybody in the world reads, well, I don't know. I read a lot of Regency romances. So when we come to the next category, which is history, I feel like I can define requirements much more closely than I have for the last two. Like a Regency takes place between, um, I think it's 1805 and 1820 or something. It was whenever the Regency 1795 was. and 1825. What was the first number? 1795. Oh, is that when Prinny became the regent? No, he became regent in uh, 1810, something like so that. So why would you, why do you, why do you say the clock in 1795? They do. They expanded the the time period to late Georgian, and even some people go as far as 1830, after George became king, after the Prince Regent became king. They just it it's just a. It's I just don't a know why. It's See, that's the way it's why. defined. I don't know why, but there it is. There's a genre aspect. It's not just yes. when the Prince Regent, which right. region is what the word regency comes from. Um, But if you tell me you're writing a regency romance, I know a lot about your story even before you start. I have huge genre expectations. And I I think that's probably true for everybody on this list, for every, for every reader of these genres, right? For history, I'm, if it's a regency, I'm anticipating that uh, occasionally they're going to go to a ball at Almax. Right. Mm-hmm. And he has his membership at the Boodles or right there. I mean, there are just things that I know are going to be there. They're going to have a foreign hand to race around the countryside in. and he'll be a dab hand with the whip. And right. We've got word <laughs> that hair has laid the path. I have my expectations just because yes. I don't know these other categories as well makes it harder to define genre expectations. Well, so what's interesting. Yeah, go ahead. What's interesting I have recently discovered is that the definition of historical romance can extend as late as 1950. Wow, I must be old. I know. I feel the same way because 1950 does not feel historical to me. Well, here's another question. Where does where does contemporary end and history begin? I'm writing it down. Yes, that is the question. When does historical end and contemporary begin? Is a book set in 1960 a historical or a contemporary? Okay, I think it has to be 
hey, you know what? I'm going to give you a definition. Here's my definition. If the main character has a cell phone, it's contemporary. If they don't, <laughs> it's historic. If you pick up a landline to call your boyfriend, it's historic. Now that's pretty weird. Now I really am old. Uh, that would set it at 2000. Yeah. Yeah. The turn of the 21st century. Yeah. 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 And even back then, the cell phones were ridiculous. You'd have to carry them on a strap around your neck. They were huge. Yeah. Okay. So that's, we we're blending history and the next one on the list, which is contemporary. And each of those I mean, just like in speculative and in sci-fi, there are so many subgenres. I'm thinking oh, yeah. of history, right? Regency is probably the single largest category, but there are Viking romances. There are, sure. uh, I, I can't even. Medieval, Arthurian. Well, Arthurian, yeah. 1920s yeah. Uh, flappers are really popular right now. Right, they are. Right, Denny Bryce has the most beautiful cover for her book. Lady Singh. Well, I can't remember what her title is, but God, it's a pretty cover. So each of these genres, I mean, we've only gotten halfway down the list. And and the point is the genre itself is a really big scoop of literature because there's Mm -hmm. a lot of subdivisions in here. Well, all right, then how do you define a contemporary? I mean, this we sort of talked about this. What are your expectations for a contemporary? Modern day, we all have cell phones. You can text your boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And frequently texts show up in the in the story. They're part of the story, right? With right. people texting right. each other and I use them myself. Or emailing. Yeah. 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 And every time I read um, region, I'm like, just email her. <laughs> just text her. Get on the Discord server and tell her what's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the world is better now. Okay. So, so what uh, else defines a contemporary? It could be absolutely anything. Well, actually, I'll tell you what defines a contemporary these days. With the rare exception of the romantic comedy, I swear to you, a contemporary, if you want to buy a contemporary, it has to have a naked male chest on the cover. Overwhelmingly. I'm astonished by the number of covers that have naked male chests on them. And you That's, know what's also very interesting about contemporary romance right now? It almost has to be written in the first person present tense, which drives me bonkers. Present I tense? Hate in the present past tense? Because I write in the past. I, I have seen both. I have seen I have seen both. And I have I know somebody who wrote their contemporary romance in third person past and had to rewrite it in first person present because she was told that it wouldn't sell otherwise. And I was like, ah, no, I don't think so. Wow. Okay. Just to clarify for for the listener who is less up on grammar, third person past tense is she went to the store. First person present tense is I go to the store. Right? Right. Just to to clarify that the book becomes much more annoying when you write it in the present tense. (laughs) Yes. Much more annoying. And it's also really hard to write. Sure it is, because it's hard. Because we don't write that way. Right, 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 right. We live that way, but we don't write that way. So that's really interesting. She was told it wouldn't sell if it wasn't. And you're sure it was first person present tense. It wasn't just first person. 
No, it was present tense because she had to change it. And there were still a lot of mistakes in there where she had changed it from past tense to present tense. And or she hadn't and she needed to. Okay. I'm adding it to the list of questions I wanted to ask on the Discord server. Ed, does anyone know of a first person present tense in a contemporary that's good? Yeah. Or most contemporaries. If we could get somebody like uh, Kimberly Kincaid writes by first person. She might write present tense. Uh, Robin Covington, I think, also writes first person present tense novels. So asking them might be really interesting. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Look, I've got four questions already for the Discord server. Dig in the Discord server. <laughs> okay, next category, suspense. And we, what we know from that is that the, the point of view person uh, is in peril. Mm-hmm. So it's someone in trouble. But once again, you can blur the lines because suspense can happen in a historic period. Suspense can happen in sci-fi. Suspense can happen in faith-based. I mean, all of these things can happen together. Absolutely. Would you ever, can you think of a suspense mystery? I mean, if you have, if I'm in peril because there's a dead body and and they're coming after me next, would you call that a suspense or a mystery? Smarty pants. Come on, miss quick on her, quick on her feet. <laughs> what you got? <laughs> I would call it suspense, but it definitely blurs the line. A lot of lines blurring here. A lot of lines um, I'm sorry, but I also, I write Regency romance fantasy, you know, Regency romance with, with magic. And so it's a, a speculative historical romance. Nice, nice, nice. We have a series <laughs> of that. This is what we have here is a shopping list at the grocery store with which you can cook up a million different things. Exactly. That's a lovely analogy. I'm picking up a little speculative. Mooji, mooji, mooji. Lasagna. (laughs) I got it. I got it. I got what we're going to do in here. Okay. Um, Faith-based. Now, I think the faith-based, I'm so un-faith-based and i so happy with a nice dirty sex scene that I don't read a lot of faith-based, but the few that I have read, I am a little confused because there's sometimes the what couple of them that I've read just haven't had much God in them. They just seem to be religious communities that aren't necessarily, they're not, they're not necessarily preachy. They're not. No, they're not, which is wonderful. I really appreciate that about faith-based inspirational right. novels is that they're not preachy right right um, I, people who have faith in their lives but it's the, it does not seem that the author's goal is to convert me to her religion so right. that makes me more willing to pick up a faith-based book because a good story yeah. is a good story. exactly and if you want i can recommend wonderful historical faith-based novel um i read books by julia david And she writes really lovely, interesting. Some of them even have a dark twist to them. And they're all based in California or Oregon at during the gold rush period. Oh, wow. And so they're, it's, or about people traveling from East to West at that time. And what makes them faith-based then? Just that they Um, follow a religion? Because the it's usually the heroine is a person of faith and relies on her faith to get her out of a bad situation. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. And there's never any sex in a faith-based novel. Is that right? It's all closed door. There is there is some, but it's closed door. Right, 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 right. And then, giving us whiplash, the last category we came up with is erotica. Yeah. Which case, very often, I find, in books that are marketed as erotica, there's very little plot. There's just a lot of sex. That's my problem with them. That's why I have no interest in writing, in reading erotica, because I like a good story. And there just isn't one in erotica. Well, I think there probably are good stories in good erotica. But they're few and far between. Well, and also the goal in erotica is to have people having sex on page as much as possible. And the plot is secondary. Okay, here's a question for the Discord server. Good erotica with a plot. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to post that and see if people have any suggestions. We need a 10 thousand more people on our discord server to answer all we do (laughs) for our community (laughs) okay we have now gone through our basic genre list and have come across lots and lots of subgenres. what what other thoughts do you have on genre we've got about four minutes left of our self-appointed time limit what have we what have we not covered the only thing that I think we haven't covered is non-romantic genres, which, interestingly enough, we have actually covered also because romance encompasses all genres. And so what we've discussed are all of the different genres, but what sets them Apart, what makes them romances is, as you said, the happily ever after. If you don't have that happily ever after, it's not a romance. It's just a science fiction novel or just a fantasy novel or just a mystery. I like the just, implying it's not quite as worthy as one. No, no, it (laughs) it definitely is. And what's interesting is that a great number of novels that are not considered romances have a romantic element in them. Um, But a romantic element is not the same thing as being a romance, though. Right. Because there isn't necessarily the happily ever after that is required. Gone with the Wind, Romeo Um, and Juliet. Yes. Gone with the Wind is literature. It's it ends with hope, but not a happily ever after. Right. Right. Uh, Romeo and Juliet all, is just pure tragedy. All literature. You can't, you can't imply that literature and romance are two different things. Sorry. It, it's <laughs> general literature. Classic. Classic. Classic literature. Okay. But, like, uh, I think it is, I think it's James Patterson who is a mystery novelist. Yeah. He's a member of RWA. Oh, is that because, right? Because he puts romance into his mysteries. And while they do not, are not classified as romances because there isn't that happily ever after and the romance is not the focus of the novel, he still is concerned enough about his work that he wants to make sure he's doing it right. 
And so he's a member of RWA. He probably reads articles on romance so that he gets it right. And you have to respect that. I do respect that. I think that's awesome. I yes. think that's awesome. He can learn from us, she said. <laughs> Sitting on top of her one book. Um, <laughs> okay. So uh, I'm going to add a lot of messages to the Discord server, a lot of subjects, a lot of questions for people to answer. And once again, if people want to answer these questions, and we will be so happy, email me or email Mary, um, go to our website or go to the writer's block party podcast.com. Didn't that Absolutely. whip off my tongue so easily? Finally, you're getting really uh, good at that. I know 25 episodes in, I can finally mm-hmm. say it without looking at it. Um, and just send us the briefest message and we'll send you an invitation. We'll send you the link to join the Discord server and answer any of these questions that I am really interested in hearing your opinion on. And tell us about what genre you write or if it's a blend of genres. What genre recipe do you make, do you write in? I love it. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to ask that too. So that's a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Next week, Meredith, I think we're set up to talk about hooks. Is that cool. a good topic? Week? That's a fantastic topic. Okay. And I, I, as I understand a hook, it's what makes you keep turning the page. You get to the end of the chapter and think I'm turning the light out at the end of this chapter, but you get to the end of the chapter and something makes you go, oh shit, guess I'm going to be late for work tomorrow. Right. Got to keep <laughs> reading. Is that how you define a hook? Um, I also add hook as the very beginning of a novel it's what hooks you into the novel makes you want to keep reading it nice nice oh good this will be a fun conversation then oh yeah good good excellent um anybody listening should rate us on all the servers anybody listening should write a note to us on the writer's block party podcast.com and anybody listening should say let me in i want to answer some of those questions on your discord server right Yes, absolutely. Uh, lots lots for you to do, man. Get busy. <laughs> Two, three, four, five. I have six questions to ask on the Discord server. I am now Excellent. going to like a flood, right? You couldn't ask one a week? No, I want six right now. <laughs> <laughs> Meredith, as always, it's an education to talk to you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Pro. I love your questions. I love your insights. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Talk to you next week. That's it for the Writer's Block Party this week. We don't want you getting so drunk on knowledge that you can't drive your laptop safely. But next week we'll be here before you know it, so check out the website at thewritersblockpartypodcast.com. One word. That's where you can find our archive of past podcasts and a place where you can get in touch with Mary and Prue or ask questions for the next podcast. Write with joy, friends, and see you next week.